Lynn Billman is the senior project leader at the National Renewable Energy Laboratories in Colorado. Okay, is that mic working okay for you? All right. Well, that definitely is a little fuzzy. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I know, we'll just, we'll just live with it. That's, uh, this is a um, discussion following on to a wide variety of energy discussions. This is an energy discussion, and it starts with the energy of tornadoes, actually. Um, I am with the National Renewable Energy Laboratory. I've been there a lot of years, and the last year I've had the privilege of working with a small community in Kansas to help them figure out how to rebuild after a tornado um, with... Uh, a lot of attention to all, all aspects of energy in their rebuilding. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about that project uh, this past year. So on the night of May 4th, if you were driving home to Greensburg, this is what you saw. And this small community um, was about 90% destroyed by one of the largest tornadoes ever recorded in the United States. It was on an EF5, 200-plus miles per hour. Um, and that's what it, what it looked like from the road. And I point this where? Okay. There we go. The next morning, that's what the community looked like. Okay. About 90% of the community was destroyed. Uh, very tragically, about 10 people lost their lives in the tornado, despite the warnings. Uh, but in, just as an example, in one case, an uh, older couple had gone to their basement, but a pickup truck was thrown through the top of their house through the first floor and down into the basement and landed on the grandfather, and he died the next day from his injuries. So it was a, it was, um, a very tragic situation that the people had to deal with there. A couple more before and after photos. The town is about one mile square, and the tornado was a mile and a half wide. And it came up from the southwest, and it just swept right across the entire town. There were a few places not damaged on the east side of town, but you can see the, the difference in the aerial photos and the difference in the high school, just as an example. I put up a couple people pictures to show you. Life in Greensburg was pretty uh, calm and peaceful. They had a great uh, soda shop where the people liked to gather. And then that was the night of the tornado. It was a typical Midwestern farming town. Uh, the average age, it's an older population, the average age was about 45 point something years old. And it had been in decline for decades. And interestingly, the, some of the people in the community, some of the leaders, realized that this was really a blessing in disguise because the town had to do something. It was dying. Um, but about half of the community has expressed some, um, has either moved back or has expressed some commitment to move back. So I want to cover three things um, to share with you. My project um, and what we did and why we were there, why the Department of Energy uh, was involved in Greensburg, and then a little summary on the people and in particular on the Christ sightings that uh, I saw as I've been working there the past year. Um, 
the Department of Energy owns the National Renewable Energy Laboratory. And one particular individual there, as often happens with projects, you get a champion, he expressed an interest in um, disaster recovery and what could happen if you know, energy experts were involved in rebuilding immediately when there was a disaster situation. Could things be rebuilt with more efficiency or with greater use of renewables? So they experimented by sending a couple people down to New Orleans. Now, this was a year and a half after the, the hurricane, um, but they were interested in trying the concept. Well, then Greensburg happened, and they went, wow, what an opportunity. Let's send a team to Greensburg. So here we are. Um, but I, I say that because this was definitely a new activity for Department of Energy, and we've learned a lot about what works and what doesn't work in disaster recovery situations. We had a vision, of course, so we came and we shared our vision with the town right at the point where they're dealing with death, destruction, survival, and everything else. And frankly, they didn't care a whit about our vision, all right? Um, that was one of the learning experiences. But we certainly did have a lot of desire that they might be able to do things a little differently. Um, our scope of work covered, as we, whenever we work with the community about energy, we always start with energy efficiency, of course. Um, and we worked with them on buildings of all types. We also looked at renewable energy sources for them, um, community scale or individual residents and businesses. We also looked at alternative transportation possibilities. And then my job was to make all this work as the on-site coordinator and project manager. What was one of the very first interesting things in Greensburg was we were not the only ones with this idea. A lot of people simultaneously had the same idea. And the greatest challenge I had when I first got to town was trying to figure out who was in charge. Um, there were so many meetings, I cannot tell you. Uh, FEMA comes into that situation with very big boots and very big personalities. Uh, but the state of Kansas wanted, Governor Sebelius is a very strong proponent for renewable energy, and she wanted to make sure that this town rebuilt in a particular way. USDA was very present because they are present in all rural situations. And the absolute most bizarre thing I've ever had to deal with in my 21-year career at NREL was Discovery Channel. Okay? And underneath all of this was the poor little city of Greensburg, Kansas. Okay? One city administrator, one mayor, and five city councilmen, and about a, a secretary, two secretaries and an electrical engineer. That's the staff that had to deal with all of this. And of course, for all of those people, their homes were destroyed. They were dealing with all of the personal stuff as well as trying to help their, their city. It was quite, a, uh, quite an experience. Accomplishments, I'll cover the technical accomplishments um, primarily first. With the residential buildings, we put a, an architect um, on the ground from August through February, five days a week, to help the residents as they were beginning to consider how they were going to rebuild their houses. Were they going to buy a modular home? Were they going to build a stick-built home? Were they going to build a um, structurally integrated panels? What were they going to do? Um, we developed generic housing plans for them that were free of charge to anybody. We did the calculations to show them how they, what package of features on their home would get them something like 30% savings in their energy bill. They needed this type of insulation, that type of, of um, 
HVAC equipment, uh, you know, this type of windows and so on for 30%, 40%, and 50% savings below code. We did formal informal training for builders. And the results, um, you see over there on the left, there is a very simple way to measure energy efficiency that's been around a lot of years called the Home Energy Rating System. And we simply use that to rate the designs of the homes of people who would at least come to us. So it is definitely biased um, to those who were favoring the concept of trying to rebuild more efficiently anyway. We don't have the right to go in and uh, demand or get agreement that everybody has to have their house measured. Okay, that, that is with, that's outside the bounds of what we could do. But um, of those, the houses we were able to measure are averaging 44% lower energy than code. And we were aiming for 30%. So we were very, very pleased that um, there was this level of, of um, enthusiasm to embrace this. We kept showing them the charts of how you can save the money, like uh, Annabelle was saying. You pay this much extra upfront, and your energy, your mortgage bill will go up this much, and your energy bill will go down that much, and you're net ahead. We showed them those charts over and over, and some of them actually began to believe us. We worked with multifamily um, uh, uh, projects. There was a Mennonite community a few miles south of Greensburg, and they were damaged also. And they have a marvelous organization for housing and uh, something like Habitat in their sweat equity type homes. And they took our um, building designs at 50% energy savings, and the, they're building 50 of these. Their first 20 were subscribed so quickly that they found lots, and they're going to be building a total of 50 um, of these uh, houses in Greensburg. In the public and commercial buildings, um, as you're probably aware, when you build a house, they're typically, you work with your builder. And very few people start with an architect. You typically just work with your builder. When you're building a commercial or public building, you usually start with an original design from an architect. And in that context, we had one of our engineers provide all the energy modeling expertise. Um, NREL does some of the best energy modeling in the country to optimize the energy efficiency while you're keeping the lowest possible cost. So we were privileged to work on the city business incubator. Uh, this happened to be the county seat as well. So the county hospital was there, um, the school complex. The John Deere dealership is the largest business in town. Um, and all of these have been very great success stories to date. They're all in the design phases except the business incubator and John Deere, which are under construction um, already. The business incubator, you might think that's a funny building for the town to build first, but they wanted a place where existing businesses, not new startups, but existing businesses needed a storefront. They needed a place to begin to generate revenue again. So this is an incubator to help existing businesses uh, um, get going. So the... Um, the city also passed a resolution after a few months. They got used to this idea. They got more and more enthused about it. And they passed a resolution that all city-owned buildings, all three of them, would be LEED Platinum. And LEED Platinum is, refers to a um, set of criteria established by the U.S. Green Building Council for sustainability um, scoring or criteria. And platinum is the highest level you can strive for, and it is arduous to get there. It's not easy at all. 
Um, but they passed that resolution. And I don't know if you've heard about Greensburg on the television, but it's periodically it gets these waves of publicity. Uh, and that was one of the things that generated a lot of interest. It's, I think it's the first city in the nation that's proclaimed all city buildings. However, there are only three, so it was fairly straightforward. Um, they didn't put that in the press release. But that leadership did lead the other, you know, 30-odd businesses that are going to be rebuilding and the county buildings to really uh, go beyond the attitude of, I don't care, I don't know how, but to give it a shot. Everybody in Greensburg can speak lead now. Everybody in town understands the concepts and how it all works. John Deere, we formed a very nice partnership with. Um, we are now working with John Deere Corporate as a result of this project. They want to go green with their building, uh, their dealerships all over the country. And right now in Denver, um, they have um, their annual conference for all their North American people, and they're using the model that was, or the building design that was developed for Greensburg and a table model and showing that to all of their dealers to encourage them all to go green. So uh, let's see what else. Renewable energy generation. Um, the community required a peak level of four megawatts of electricity for the 1,400 people that were there before the tornado. And as you might expect in a rural situation, they had a very close working relationship with the rural electric cooperative. And in western Kansas, especially, the rural electric cooperatives are coal-based coal cooperatives. They are not supportive of wind energy. Um, the cartoon came from a Wichita newspaper uh, because there, there has been, is, and will continue to be for a while, big contentions between eastern Kansas and Governor Sebelius's uh, policies and western Kansas, which wants the coal plants to be built. And Greensburg is stuck right in the middle of all of that controversy. And it took months um, of our studies and the experts we brought in working with them to show them the benefits of wind energy and that it was doable. We sent them to cities in Colorado to talk to individuals, to get hands-on words of comfort. Um, and finally, in January, well, the, the issue is relationships in Kansas. Um, in my world of government, everything is done on a cost-competitive request for proposal, period, end of story. In Greensburg, it's done on who you know. And if you're friends with Joe and you've dealt with Joe, then business goes to Joe. Well, they had dealt with the Rural Electric Cooperative for many years, and they didn't want to break that relationship. And it was agonizing for them. They wanted green you know, wind turbines, and they wanted this Rural Electric Cooperative to come along and work with them, and they just refused. And they finally had to say, no, we're going to go with a different entity to purchase our power. That was a very painful, emotional situation for the, for the town to deal with. The middle turbine there is the first turbine in Greensburg. It's on the John Deere dealership. They are now uh, a wind dealer. They've gone into a whole new branch of business since the tornado just because of all of this new learning and excitement that's gone on in Greensburg. Um, in other areas, we had to do quite a bit with the city. They didn't have any clue how to deal with a resident that wanted a solar panel. Had to be interconnected, needed to know it was installed safely. They didn't have a clue. Um, how the accounting worked. We, so we set them up with a net billing policy, interconnection agreements and ordinances. Um, we did uh, studies in everything you can think of. 
uh, solar, district heating and cooling, biomass. Initially, my boss on the project said, Lynn, go on in there with some folks and see if you can figure out if they can do an, um, a bioethanol plant or a biodiesel plant. That didn't take long to figure out that it made no sense whatsoever for them to do that large of a project. But we are looking at um, pelletizing mill for them. Um, one of the things of a lot of interest in that part of the country is pelletizing biomass residues uh, for heating purposes. Of course, people have been pelletizing wood forever, and there are other people that are beginning to pelletize biomass, but it's not available close to Greensburg, so there is an economic opportunity there. So we're doing a feasibility study with them on that. We looked at alternative um, transportation to lower their gasoline or diesel, um, but in that smaller community, uh, they have to combine their purchase power. The city fleet, small fleet, the hospital has a small fleet, and they have to get together to have enough purchasing power to put in a station for um, E85 ethanol or for biodiesel. So we formalized all these recommendations in a report, and I have the um, websites for all that if you have any reason to know the, the details. Um, let me mention a little bit here about what, uh, looking at my, my 24 minutes? Got about 12 minutes, okay, that's good. Um, when I first got to town, the folks were extremely skeptical about all of this. I had the, also I had the disadvantage that I was from the, another one from the government among all the many that had come from the government and what did I want? And I said, I don't want, I wanna help you. Um, I couldn't give them money to buy anything. That was outside of my scope of capability, but I could offer technical assistance. Well, they wanted money to buy things or to reduce their costs of buying things, and I couldn't do that for them. So uh, it took a little while. It's an older population. Um, they certainly were very concerned about their own needs, as you know you would certainly expect. Uh, they're very quite isolated. A small rural community doesn't necessarily hear every day about all the uh, excitement that's been going on in the whole country in the last year or two about renewable energy and efficiency. And they have a very strong sense of self-sufficiency. You know, their dad built the house the way he built it, and of course I'm gonna build the house the way my dad built it. That's the way we started. So it took a lot of patience and, uh, and discussions. But things did indeed change over the months, and it was a true joy to watch the people become, to move from being skeptical to being excited. And today, they really see their town as having a green branding, a green image. And they are working um, behind the scenes with many companies with a, that are talking or interested in coming to Greensburg because they've kind of put this stake in the ground and said we're different. We're rebuilding different, and we want to continue this with you. Um, the fellow on the top, his picture's a little fuzzy, I'm afraid to say, but he was the mayor for the first year after the tornado and a very strong advocate um, for renewable energy. And the fellow on the bottom was a local person who established a nonprofit that um, coordinated the green initiative for Greensburg and had an MOU with the city. And he was very helpful to my team in introducing us through his residents who were the board of, the board of directors for him were residents that were interested in green. So that gave us an entree, people we could talk to who would accept and listen to us. 
Um, so key early believers helped to change it, credible outsiders, um, us, a good firm that was brought in by the state. And let me tell you about discovery. Okay. Um, you've probably heard of Leonardo DiCaprio. He was the, he's an actor. He was in Titanic and so on and so forth. Well, so he ended up being the figurehead for this effort. But Discovery has launched a new channel called Planet Green. It's in their Discovery family of channels. And they were looking for ways to start this. They needed advertisers. And they saw Greensburg and said, here's the human interest story that we can draw in major advertisers to help us get this new channel off the ground. So they went to the city management of Greensburg and the state of Kansas, and they told them what they're trying to do. And the people were very skeptical. People in Kansas, rural Kansas, look at these folks from Hollywood and go, hmm. Yeah. But they made promises. I can't tell you the promises they made of how many. There were going to be 50 wind turbines donated to the city of Greensburg. Another company was going to donate every piece of insulation that was going to be needed. Another company was going to give them all the door, all the windows for every new building. I, I, it was just so deep you had to pick your feet up. Um, and, and the people didn't buy it either. I mean, they're not stupid. They're very, very, very smart people in Greensburg. But you can't, if, if the price you pay is standing in front of a camera and something might come of it, they felt it was worth it, so they agreed to this. So Discovery started taping in town and interviewing people, and they taped everywhere. I'll show you some, some pictures. Um, another thing Green uh, Discovery did, they brought in experts. It wasn't just the film crews, but they brought in a, um, one of their favorite consultants. And if you ever see the TV show that's being broadcast right now, you'll see Mr. Picard's face everywhere. Um, and they did end up getting, finally, uh, long after I expected, but um, Frito-Lay came through with a million dollars for the town, and that was that bridged the gap on that business incubator, so it could really be built lead platinum. Um, and Dupont is making overages that they might do something. UTC Power is helping the high school with some renewable energy curriculum. So a few things are are happening. Nothing like what's been promised, but nonetheless. Um, the future of Greensburg, I think, is very, very, very bright. And a community that's 90% destroyed by a tornado, many small communities don't recover from that kind of a disaster. But I believe Greensburg you know, is and will. Um, New Fellow was kind of a drifter. We trained him as an energy raider. And he's now doing those energy efficiency ratings around the community. The high school has a green club. I fly back into Golden on late on... Um, Monday night, tomorrow night, and Tuesday morning at 7, I have to meet the Green Club for a tour of NREL uh, because they want to see the laboratory. Um, people are staying there. We took an education uh, experts from NREL, and we took a bunch of uh, wind turbine kits and solar car kits, and we met with the stu every student in Greensburg got hands-on something to do with renewable energy in March. Oh, a few photos of the Discovery experience. Uh, sound booms. Producers, barking orders, directions, every meeting you were in, every community event was covered by the film crews. Um, they bought them condos in Dodge City, 50 miles west of Greensburg, 
And so the crews would come in a van every day, and they'd film all over the place. Okay. That was Laura, one of the meetings. So the, it just became ubiquitous. You just automatically got mic'd when you went into a meeting, and you discussed sensitive wind energy discussions with all the cameras around. It was, it was really, really a uh, strange situation. The Amazing Grace, where I saw God in this community, um, incredibly strong faith community, nine churches for that small of a, of a town. Um, it was the first time in my professional career that I started every meeting that we had with prayer. That was very unusual for me. Um, and the way the townspeople embraced, I mean, if I were them, I would have told all of these outsiders to go take a hike. They were so gracious. I mean, it was real uh, Christ in the flesh examples over and over again with the patience of the people, with all these outsiders. And the Discovery crews, you know, they got the rings of the ears and they got, you know, they're all from Hollywood areas. And they uh, would stand awkwardly in the back waiting while the prayers, you know, went on. And I don't know if any of them got converted, but there was a lot of love that got generated over those months. And the Discovery crew threw a party for the town when they uh, were leaving as a thank you to the, to the community for embracing them. And, you know, I, everyone's on a first-name basis. It was just very, very, very sweet. Um, in their community planning process, they developed a formal vision, and I put it up here. And they felt themselves blessed. The tornado was a blessing, a unique opportunity, strong community, family, business, and working together for future generations was where they em, uh, em, embraced and expressed their commitment to sustainability. Uh, one of the sights and sounds where you can see signs of grace in Greensburg. I like that cross. It had Christmas lights on it. First building on Main Street was the Karen Share, the thrift shop, sponsored by the Ministerial Alliance. They got up first. Expressions of gratitude all over town. We love our Greensburg volunteers. All faiths seem to be represented. There's a statue of the Virgin Mary in a front yard of a new house. And I like this sign on the Methodist Church. Struck down but not destroyed. Rising from the rubble with Christ. Um, I have at the end some places you can find information. I also have a few copies, 20 copies of this um, presentation over there in the corner on the floor if you'd like it on your way out. So thank you very much. Time for a few questions. Uh, yes. They, for the tornadoes, yeah, they had not updated their codes in decades. And so they updated the structural codes as well. Um, and a lot of people were interested, the, the wealthier people in town, built with ICFs, integrated concrete forms. And that's the most tornado resistant um, form of building. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they, they, um, the, the local rural cooperative had power up again. They had emergency power to the, the FEMA building within a few days. And by 
Thanksgiving, May through 1st of December, really, um, they had electricity distributed through the town. And that was part of the reason that the town was so agonized over turning away from them to put in wind uh, energy. Other questions? Yeah. Yes. Well, to, it sort of depends on how high you want to strike for, you know. But to go to something that is 30% energy efficient um, or 50% energy efficient, the initial, extra initial cost is only on the order of 3 to 5%. And it really doesn't take that long to pay it back. You know, certainly five years is easy. To get that, uh, to get that money back in what you invest. Did you have a second part? Okay. Okay. Oh gosh, I got all. Uh, let's just get up and back. Who paid for all of this? I mean, these people have to rebuild their homes from their own savings, or did they get any assistance? Well, yes and no. Um, they most of them had some form of insurance. Most of them were underinsured, so they got a little bit of money back from their insurance company. And then the vast majority of them settled for or chose to take um, small business administration loans. I was not aware that SBA loans to individuals, but they do. And SBA had the lowest interest rates to offer these folks. USDA had uh, um, offerings of loans that were a little bit higher. But basically, these folks had to go back into debt again to rebuild because they were underinsured for rebuilding. Well, these lower interest rates is the form of assistance. Now, town infrastructure, the city hall, the electricity, you know, when you're talking about anything, o and anything other than residences, the um, FEMA has pay, will pay 75% of the cost to rebuild some of the key infrastructures. USDA has, loan, has grants for some of the buildings. It's complex. Um, we had to generate charts flowcharts, because that, the whole refinancing um, poss uh, opportunities were very complex. So, The uh, time is up. Thank you are. so much. That Thank was you. fascinating. It is now break time, or you can corner any of the speakers for additional questions.